knowing what to eat is the easy part. Actually doing it is where people struggle. What you do after the diet is just as important as the diet itself. Focus on food quality for health and food quantity for weight loss. Patience is the least utilised tool in most diets. I don't mind a superfood salad, but I prefer pizza. Don't throw the kitchen sink at it. Pick a training method you enjoy. That's the advice. Generally, most people don't lift heavy enough. Think of me as the Alan Partridge of the fitness industry. If you haven't thought about your death row meal, then we can't be friends. Welcome to episode 71 of the Not Another Fitness podcast. You are with myself, Amy Rambo Ramshead, and over on Zoom today. We've both had quite busy days, haven't we, mate? We're a little bit delirious. It's my co-host of my podcast. Andy, <laughs> thanks for having me, Amy. <laughs> thanks for allowing me on. No, we just tease him. I'm just teasing because um, he made me introduce again. I was like, oh, don't worry. I'll introduce my podcast. But no, our podcast, our baby. I appreciate it, mate. I appreciate it. Mm. Thank you. How are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, I'm good. I am good. Um, yeah, just in full swing in the gym now. Like my own training's going well. We're just having a little chat beforehand. Like we're both in a bit of a sweet spot with our own kind of training and nutrition. Uh, for me, definitely it's taken um, it has taken a good six months. Like Max is like coming up for seven months now. But yeah, it's taken six months to actually probably get, I would say like a consistent routine down. Um, and I notice it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not, I haven't written anything down. Like I've got to train at this time on this day, but I know those kind of weekly targets of health and I want to get to the gym, want to try and get a couple of runs in, just tightened up the food a little bit and I am feeling better for it. So yes, I'm quite happy with myself. I have noticed you making a little bit more of um, smaller windows of opportunity to train. Whereas the last I think when the gyms opened like April, May, June, you'd had like 40, 45 minutes. You'd be like, mate, are we getting a coffee? Whereas today <laughs> you were like straight up there, earphones in. I was like, you training? You're like, yep. Oh, okay. And like, I love that about you and your sessions. They're never long. They're never, ever long. Like 40, 45 minutes and you're done. Not even that sometimes, mate. It's like half an I, hour. I, I was trying to, I was, I, was so I, I timed it today, right? Or, or loosely, I had a look at the clock and I was like, right, I'm going to, I just want to, I had, I think 50 minutes, mm. 50, 55 minutes before the next client came in. And I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Like, like I already had in my head, I've got this workout planned out. And I was like, I'll time the, like the rest periods between the sets and just see if I don't fuck around and start chatting to people, like how long does this actually take? Mm. And it was, yeah, it was bang on 40 minutes. Yeah. Like just great. Like, and honestly, like, so for anyone else listening out there who wants like a condensed workout. So basically I work to like today, it's two main exercises, uh, one pull, one push. So like chin, four sets of chin ups, four sets of incline dumbbell press and then uh, like a tricep or like a little circuit to, to finish with, which was uh, close grip bench press, lat raises and bicep curls. And again, like minute rest in between that, four sets of that. Um, yeah, and it's like, it's just a very efficient way of doing it. You end up with 20 working sets at the end of it. And that's just about, that's just about as quick as I can do it without cutting the rest down and then having to drop weights because I haven't recovered in between sets. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a good way of doing it. If you push for time yeah. out there. Yeah, it's good. It's, um, and then the reason I, um, 
mentioned about you tightening up your diet is because for breakfast the other day, you had chicken rice and pak choy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I made a bit of an error, to, to be honest. So I, <laughs> I normally have like two, if I have like a full day at the gym, it'll be three hours with clients, half hour gap, another three hours with clients, half hour gap, and then maybe one or two after that. So I have like two 30 minute windows to eat. So normally, you know, breakfast will be a bit of fruit, maybe a protein shake or a bar. And then like lunch will obviously be like the chicken and rice or whatever I've got with me. But in that half hour gap, this time round, I had to travel down the road because I was tra- training a client like in his own gym. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to have time to cook this. So I need to switch the meals around. So yeah, I think it was, was it nine o'clock? Tucking into some... Uh, to some pack choy. <laughs> I was like, have you signed up for a comp though? I don't know about Andy. Like, what's cracking on here? So Andy, if you've gone full bro, full bro body. Usually, usually the two of us, like you've got a shake on the go. I've got a sachet of yogurt. There's a f- couple of pieces of fruit thrown around in there. And you always have some cold chicken in that fridge as well, don't you? Yeah, there's always a chicken breast kicking yeah. around, eating like some kind of caveman in there. But um... we got um we got shit today from our gym owner about having healthy food in the fridge. I was like, wait. <laughs> Hang on a minute, mate. <laughs> to be fair, there was that other morning I opened the fridge. I could barely open the door because a Domino's almost. Yeah, true. So true. The and ju- then your client, Mandy, that always brings the cakes as well. Oh, Mandy. Bless her. Oh, she's got Mandy. actually, shout out to Mandy. She's got the, um, she's got her triathlon on Sunday. Oh, good luck, Mandy. Yeah. If you're listening, best of luck. I mean, she'll absolutely smash it, but she is, she's nervous. But, um, oh. but like I said to her, the hard work has been done. The miles exactly. are in the legs, the miles are on the road, the hours in the pool and in the lake. Like if you've done the training, what will be, will be. And yeah, yeah I mean, we'll talk, a, maybe have a little bit of Olympic chat, but there is something about like your heart does go out to athletes when you watch them and they, I don't know, like pull a hamstring or something. It's not their fault. And they've trained for years to get to that point. And then mm. it's just not, not meant to be on the day, but yeah. That doesn't take away from the training. Do you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, yeah some of it is just luck of the draw. Yeah. Yeah. How are you, sure. Rambo? How's things? How am I? I'm good. Um, got quite a couple of weeks, quite a few clients on holiday. Um, I'm going away on Friday um, just for a long weekend with Jack going to the seaside. I think it's going to rain our weekend, which is great. Uh, don't really care though. Like, we're quite happy. Oh. Just plod around in the rain, eat some fish and chips, drink pints. Welcome to British summertime. Yeah. That. No, I'm good. Um, diet's going well. Um, so gave myself like eight to 12 weeks to kind of really do a bit more of a mindful diet um, with my head in a very different place than last time I did it. And it's going really, really great. Like, it's easy. Um, we were saying earlier, didn't we, like eight, we're eight weeks in now and this is my sweet spot really i'm happy the weight's come down the weight went up (laughs) very dramatically but then it also (laughs) came down um so yeah i had a very big spike in weight about 10 days ago um yeah middle of middle of week five yeah um which went literally my weight came down about two to three kilos almost three kilos and then went back up to what it started at for no reason whatsoever it literally went exactly back to your start weight yeah it? it did it did so like that was mentally very tough when you know you're doing and like i i don't live in ignorant bliss like i know i was doing all the right things like you know 
getting the steps in, training was on point, calories were on point, wasn't overeating on any like hidden calories like sauces or milks or dressings or sneaking little gins and tonics here and there or having a pizza and not tracking for it. Like everything was accounted for. So that was quite tough. Um, But then consistency trumps everything. Like just kept on going. Uh, Hormones regulated themselves. The Red River came and went. Um, And yeah, (laughs) it's... Sorry, mate. And like everything's back to where it was before. So it's just, um, yeah, it's just the power of kind of understanding the number understanding that it's just one point in time and yeah I feel I feel great we were just saying though like this eight week point in a diet is kind of my sweet spot this is where I'm a bit like do I actually just kind of call it now or do I carry on a little bit more what is it actually for um but I've got a nice little well-timed break this weekend gonna have a couple of days off the diet just enjoy time with Jack some drinks some food and then I've got another three-ish weeks before I go away for a whole week. So I think for the sake of three weeks, I'll have this little break and then just carry on, see what happens. And then um, training's going really well, like feel fine. I feel a bit battered. I definitely feel the effects of not having enough food in terms of recovery, but I'm also better at knowing that, okay, maybe I might just take an extra rest day this week. Like, maybe I might just not do that spin session or maybe I actually, my legs are really sore. So maybe I'll just do another upper body push pull this week rather than two leg days. You know, like it's, it's having a bit more fluidity with one side of it. Um, But because of my training age and my background and my history, I can kind of do that, which, because I don't have any major training goals at the moment. So that's um that's nice but it like we we're just saying to you earlier it's nice as the weight comes down that the the pull-ups are going up again so there's definitely a sweet spot when it comes to that but yeah um everything is grand and rosy for now I, th- I think that's quite similar like the um the eight week thing I think for a lot of people like six to eight weeks of dieting it's that amount of time where you can potentially see a big difference in appearance or a noticeable difference at least um but it's not so long that it becomes like a drag or mm. becomes like monotonous. So it's definitely, it, I do think, yeah, depends what the goal is obviously, but I think if you are dieting for longer than eight weeks, I would consider splitting it into two. So if you've got like more weight to lose, just consider instead of looking at it and thinking like bloody hell, I've got a six month diet ahead of me, break it up into like, you maybe like three chunks or four chunks, um, and do it like that because mm. uh, mentally it's just a little bit easier and then you can program in uh, you know like a week or a few days where you just like you said i know like it's just happened that you're going to the seaside for the weekend but even just having that little that's come at a really good time i oh, think mentally i feel so ready for it like from the diet point of view like so ready for it and uh, you said to me last week didn't you you were like you are you going to track this weekend i was like saturday at, so we go away friday afternoon so i'll track all my meals I eat at home on Friday and then we're out for dinner Friday night. And from Friday night, Saturday and Sunday, I won't track. And then on Monday, we leave Monday. So I'll probably track whatever I eat on Monday, whether it's there or here, because we'll be coming home and having a pretty, even if we have a takeaway Monday night, I'll still track. I'll still be within, within goals. Um, So yeah, just having those. And also it's that understanding and confidence that, 
yeah, I know I'm going to, I say overeat. I know I'm going to overeat this weekend, but I would have to do some horrific, (laughs) put in a horrific amount of effort with calories this weekend to undo all my progress for the last eight weeks. Um, And anything I do put on is going to be a hell of a lot of water weight. Um, And yeah, I can negate that within a week. It'd be fine. Yeah, I think that, and that's the point to make when you said earlier on that you've, you had that spike in weight, that's exactly what that was, but it's knowing, yeah, it's having that knowledge and almost the faith in what you're doing that just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. The weight will sort itself out and then you come straight back down to like a new low weight and it's like, oh, and it's almost like a game of chicken. And when the scales go up, you have to kind of obviously be honest with yourself and say, no, I'm doing the right things. Don't blink. Like, don't just be like, oh, fuck it. And, and mm. like trash it um just give it a little bit of time be patient and uh good things happen generally <laughs> yes what are we talking about today rammers well it's kind of a nice transition really talking about tracking and stuff i think we should take that in when it's there do you agree yes do you want to scrap the first one on the possibly. list possibly okay so I yeah, think yeah. we can go with this for quite a while. Yeah. Well, this was kind of, this is one that's been on the, the table for a while, isn't it? Like basically we're yeah. going to talk about fitness pal and tracking. Um, and but it's also- more specifically, cause we've spoken about tracking before um, and spoken about whether you should track, but now we want to get a little bit more nitty gritty, don't we? Yeah. Cause going we've to, had some- going to detail. We've had some questions. The lovely Bernie. Hi, Bernie. Um, asked you a question, didn't she? And I had a couple of questions from some clients as well around the same thing. So do you want to read out Bernie's question? And that yes. kind of link it all in. Yeah. So Bernie asked us a couple of questions. Like the second one, which was on back pain. We're going to, if we make an effort to do that, like another, maybe like next week. Um, just because the because the first question, which is about, um, calories and tracking that fits in just nicely with what we're going to talk about today so bernie's question quote i love recipe books and enjoying the green roasting tin but there are no calories in it do you just add all the ingredients together and then divide by portion might be a very silly question it's not a silly question bernie it's not a silly question at all because and basically I... a version of that came up about yeah three or four different times that week yeah um, so true yeah like my client zoe who's asked a question before she's on holiday at the minute but hi zoe um i hope you have the last time she she asked as well she's like i really worry i really struggle like you know like mom family of four i really struggle of knowing like what to put in do i have to put in like every single little thing and i've had clients before that have put their spices into my fitness pal and i'm like whoa 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 no one wants to do that so yeah it's it's a really valid question bernie and one that like andy said came up multiple times so yeah um so we thought for this podcast we would do pretty much my fitness pal a user's guide starting from the moment you install the app love it um first of all don't go for the premium option <laughs> <laughs> actually i mean i didn't even think about that good point um why wouldn't you go for the premium option Rambo? bullshit um, no because it's for the general like we're talking for any one that would potentially be a client of andy's or mine um that just wants to lose some body fat um and has start wants to use 
a more data-driven, accurate way of tracking their fit, monitoring their food intake. So they've installed my fitness pal. And obviously it my fitness pal is driven by trying to generate sales and they pop up straight away. Would you like to go premium? Offering you all these extra things that you get more in in-depth breakdown of god i don't even know i just ignore the ads in-depth breakdown of like um calories macros like different options for how you can input meals that make things a little bit more that's, the, that's the big one isn't it like the ability yeah. to set calories per calories and macros per meal on a yeah. Per meal basis yeah and i think it'll come it'll show you it in a different format as well when you go into the app which makes it a little bit more user-friendly um it's very unnecessary for <laughs> the average Joe to actually need that function. You can get everything you need um, from the standard MyFitnessPal once you learn how to navigate your MyFitnessPal in your own device. You know, you can do loads of cool things with MyFitnessPal. Like even just by turning your phone on the side, you can get access to a lot of um, more of a spreadsheet of data for the I, food I you're love, eating. I love introducing people to that function. Yeah. I'm watching you, their brain go. I know you don't even need to use the um the like if you go into your food diary if you just click on the calories at the top it will automatically bring up your nutrients then you can go through to macros and get a pie chart you can do the breakdown of your calories you can scroll through your days like you really don't need the premium option it's it's very unnecessary for just someone that wants to lose a little bit of body fat yeah so I would say yeah so to conclude that I would say a couple of my clients have got it, but it, they very much know that it's like a, they've got it because they love data and they're kind of just that way yeah. inclined, right? But do they need it? No. But do they yeah. want it? Yeah, because they like that kind of stuff. But like, but, do you, if you're sitting there now, like kind of on the fence and like the goal is, you know, weight loss or weight muscle gain or whatever, you don't need it. Like I, no. I don't have it. I don't, you, I've seen like the premium option, but I'm like, okay, I don't need that. So yeah. <laughs> that's fine. We're nutritionists. <laughs> just saying, just saying. Um, so what would be the next step after downloading the app then, Andy? So like typically you'd, you then enter your details. So uh, like gender, height, weight, what the goal, like this is just kind of like from memory because I haven't done this for a while, but like, you know, height, weight, what the goal is. So this is quite a big one, right? So I think, does it, has it got like an activity thing? Like are you sedentary or moderately active? Is it something like that you have I'm to enter in? I'm not actually sure. Let me see. Well, re regardless, right? So once you put your details in, um, what it will do, it will then spit oh, so here out. We go. Oh, my, go my goals. Ah, here we go. Yeah. So starting weight, current weight, goal weight, weekly goal. So how much you want to lose or put on per yeah. week. So that will de determine how aggressive the diet is and then activity level. So if I, oh crap, if I click on that, um, it says active, very active, lightly active or not very active. So yeah, yeah it will factor in. So, so, so fitness power will obviously be using one of the, one of the formulas that will work out your, um, your maintenance calories, depending on like age, height, weight, gender, how active you are. And then if you've said, for example, I want to lose two pounds a week, I think the limit they have on there is like two pounds a week loss at a time. Aggressive. Um, yeah, which is like top end for sure. Um, it will 
it will spit out a number. So it might, for me, if I put my details in, it might say, right, Andy, you want to lose two pounds a week at your current weight and at the current rate of loss of aiming, aiming for that two pounds, you need to eat 1500 or 1600 calories, maybe. And then it will, it will give you a set of macros alongside that. But all of these things can be adjusted. And, and this is, this is kind of point one, right? When you enter this stuff in, just like on any online calorie calculator, it's an estimate. It's not perfect. It's one of those things that it works for most people most of the time. But a common problem with fitness power, obviously everyone or 99% of people want to lose weight quickly, right? That they want the weight off. So they'll always put in that top end goal. I want to lose two pounds a week. And for women in particular, it will just spit out 1,200 calories, 1,200 calories, 1,200 calories, 1,200 calories, almost regardless of like whether you're sedentary or active, it will just have 1,200. And Fitness Perils program, to, it doesn't go any lower than that, does it? No. And if I think... Probably you, probably for for uh, legal reasons, I, I imagine. Yeah. And I think um, if you do put in data that only a cat does account to lower than that, and then you click complete, I think it will actually tell you that you've not eaten enough. Um, so thanks very much, my fitness pal. Um, but yeah, like I mean, I've put my stuff in before and it's come out at 1,200 calories, like my data, which is ridiculous for someone who, um, with my date, with my vitals. So I suppose the question then is, well, do you put, because you don't want to lie about your, what your goals are. You want to, you know, obviously you're not going to lie about like your age or your gender and you want to lose two pounds a week and it's coming out with this number. Where do you go from there, Rambo? Do you treat it as gospel and just be like, okay, well, that's me on 1,200 calories for the, for the next eight weeks? Or maybe is there another way around it? Um, so you can adjust your goals. You can adjust your calories, um, which I would advise you to do. I would maybe, um, first of all, be honest with yourself about your activity levels for a start. A lot of people think they're a lot more active than they are. And when it says active, it doesn't, mean exercise so it does mean like actual activity you can factor in exercise into that but again be honest with yourself about how sporadic you are with your levels of activity and with your exercise sessions if you particularly if you're someone that hasn't managed to nail down a consistent exercise routine yet I would not be putting in that you're very active or like even highly active you know um you can adjust it so you can actually adjust your calorie goal. So I would use either a, a professional nutritionist or a BMR calculator um, online to actually get your maybe basal metabolic rate and then actually find your maintenance calories. And then I would take about four to 500 calories off that. And that would be the most aggressive I would go. Um, I would not go any lower than that. Some people depending on age, height and starting weight, that might actually be 1200 calories. Yeah. Okay. Some people do have very low requirements, particularly if they're short and they're on the older end of the scale. Okay. Um, but then you can also adjust your macro nutrient ratios as well. So I think naturally I'm going to say MFP, MFP will actually set you to something like 60 or 50% maybe 60% carbs and then like 20 protein, 20 fats. Um, the first thing you would look to do to, um, if you're looking for fat loss is readjust your calories, like I said, and then readjust your macros to actually increase the protein. So protein, 
I would definitely look to get to at least 1.6 to 2 grams of protein per kilo of body weight, okay? If you've never eaten that amount of protein before, it can be quite difficult, okay? So maybe uh, the lower side of that, all right? But I would definitely set that up so your proteins are looking about 40%, carbs, again, the same, about 40%, and then fats about... 20 to 25%. But again, carbs and fats are very personal preference. Have a think about your own diet and where your nutrients are coming from. Where are your preferred sources of nutrients? So do you really like potatoes and pasta? Would you rather have um, avocados or peanut butter? Do you cook in a lot of oil? Um, If these are your, like, those are your go-to foods, avocados, peanut butter, pasta, fattier cuts of meat, like lamb or chicken thighs, then maybe you'd be better erring on the fat side with higher levels of fat. If you are like a carb demon and you like porridge and pasta and bread and potatoes, then maybe you'd benefit from the carbs being a little bit higher. But this is just to set the goal in my fitness pal. Okay. When you actually come to tracking and actually paying attention to the numbers, The only numbers I would actually say you need to pay attention to are your calories and your protein goal. Yeah, agree. (laughs) Agree. I feel like this is, yeah, this is, I got a, not that we planned it like this. This has got a nice follow on from what we were talking about last week. Yeah, with it like has. The, the eating for abs and like kind of focusing on what's important. Yeah. Um. So yeah, a lot of this stuff I feel like it's nice to know instead of need to know. Yeah. So like knowing like um yeah you know, how much fat you're getting in it is important um obviously because you don't want to go too low you don't want to compromise hormonal health so like a really a really simple way of doing it like Rambo just said there is take your set protein first so take your body weight in kilos um times it by two and that's like the gram total that you're looking for um for protein and then if you set the because the fitness pal works on kind of percentages it's like like five percent increments so you can if you set the fat like 20 25 percent you kind of know you're ticking the hormonal health box and then whatever carbs are left to play with because you've already set your calories up that it is what it is and that's that's a pretty efficient way of doing it but i guarantee you unless you're eating like a robot they will vary from day to day anyway. Mm. So actually it's just like with weighing yourself on the scales one day, like a, a food, if you look at someone's food diet for one day, unless they eat the same thing every day, which no one does, it's almost useless because if I take what your day looks like on a Saturday versus Monday, it could potentially be very different. Mm. So you need to be tracking, I would say for a good couple of weeks to actually stop being able to use that data. So if you're chronically low with fat, if you think, bloody hell, I'm only ever getting like 20 odd grams of fat every day, th- then you can be like, right, what fat sources, like you're talking about fat sources there around, but like, which ones do you like? You know, I actually really like avocado. I just haven't got them in for the last couple of weeks. Get a few in, hey, presto, then you're up to like 30, 40 grams, a little bit healthier, feel a bit better. And so for fitness, both brilliant for that. Brilliant for looking at kind of think trends over a couple of weeks. Because once you've gone two weeks of tracking, you will have entered some of your favorite meals or meals that are repeating themselves. We'll talk a little bit about about saving meals and stuff in fitness power as well. Um, But it's an incredibly useful tool. And if you can't make head nor tail of it, if you're just like bloody, I'm all over the place here. There's no consistency. Some days I'm good. Some days I'm all over the shop. 
if you've got a couple of weeks worth of tracking, that's when you come to someone like me or Rambo and you say, look, here's my tracking. What do you think? What's good? What's bad? What would you change? And we, it, I'm not saying like our job's easy, but honestly, like I, I look at that. I can look in fitness pal within like five minutes. I could probably give you three or four things that I, that would jump out at me straight away mm. and that I can get you to action and then you're rolling. Then mm. you're making progress mm. without you kind of getting frustrated with it. And that's exactly how I use it with my clients. So most of the time I say, give me access to your diary so you can actually choose the option to make your diary, diary entries public and share them with your friends that you add on my fitness pal. So I can see all my clients' diary entries and what they put in. And I say to them, I don't care if you even go over your calories that day by a thousand. Like as long as you're okay with it, who am I to judge? You've got the goal, not me. However, I look at your diary because I go, what is lacking here? Like maybe you've got had a day where there's, you haven't had any fruit and I'll be like, okay, great. So you hit your calories today. You hit your protein. Amazing. There's a lot of convenience foods there because you were out and about you haven't actually had any fruit today. Like, you know, if that keeps going for, you know, a few days, you might start having a bit of trouble, you know, when you go to the toilet or, you know, fruit's really good for filling you up. It's easy. It's convenient. Maybe you could pop a bit of fruit in your back. Like they're the only things that I really look at my fitness pal for in terms of like my clients and their diet and their food choices, just to make sure that, you know, the health base is ticked off. Same for fiber. Um, I, uh, mate you've just taken the words out of my mouth that's just <laughs> that's just a, a really good proxy for like whether someone's getting so without going through every individual day i I'll, I'll the first thing i'll do is jump onto like the week or like even like the 30 day view and just see where their fibers at because yeah. if they're like at 10 grams 7 grams 17 grams i'm like oh, there's not enough fruit and veg in there yeah like you know it's straight away and yeah. then you can start kind of going back through and being like right well i don't know like mm they are like leaning into convenience foods mm. a little bit more. And suddenly yeah. there isn't actually a ton of fruit for snacks. And you're like, you look at opportunities there to be like, right, this is yeah. real easy. Like take an apple with you to work and we're going to bring in like a, a starch, a fiber rich source for lunch, carb yeah. source for lunch. And then, Hey, presto, there's another 15 grams added in. Mm. I think this is a good point to probably mention all those other micronutrients. It says in my fitness pal, ignore them. <laughs> If you come to me and you're like, my fitness pal says I'm not getting enough vitamin A, I'd be like, don't listen to it. Okay. Are you eating a wide variety of fruits and vegetables? Are you eating a wide variety of protein sources? Are you feed, are you eating regularly? Are you hitting your calories? Are you hitting your protein? Okay. Are you drinking enough water? If you're not, and if you have any other, you know, dietary preferences that mean that you can't actually hit all those goals are you taking a really good multivitamin? If you are, don't worry about anything else. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's ten, like, obviously people do go down the rabbit hole with stuff like this and they can start obsessing over every, once you get to obsessing about like micronutrients, again, unless there is like a really obvious deficiency, but look at, kind of take a step back. Like where are you getting most of your micronutrients from? Like whole food sources, basically get your fruits and veggies in i mean any nutritionist that 
doesn't recommend this i feel like you should probably run a mile but if you're not a nutritionist if you're eating a broad selection of fruits and vegetables it will look genuinely it will look after itself and if you want to go that extra yard if you do feel like maybe there's like a period of time where you can't eat optimally for example then maybe you do have a multivitamin in the cupboard that again it's a supplement it's just there to potentially cover bases or top you up um and we're not talking about things like like vitamin d or potentially fish oil things that are harder to come by from fruit from food and this is why we recommend them but all that other stuff just eat i don't know it's, it sounds so simplistic rambo to say eat more fruit and veg but honestly like i i've said this before on here but i used to think the recommendation of eat eat your five a day was like really basic and like not enough when actually when you start looking at people's food diaries you're like oh no that's a really good target yeah <laughs> if, people, if everyone did that every day you'd probably Instantly cover your bases for sure for sure jack goes mad at me because i'm like a lot of recipes that we use only have one portion of veg and i'm like right well i'm having at least three in there and he's like you just put so much veg on the plate it's just massive i can't cope with it i'm like uh, fucking eat it pe- people <laughs> people are shocked at how how much constitutes a, a serving of veg yeah right it's more if, than you think right weigh out 80 grams that's what it is honestly and like if you have like say if you have three servings of veg like 240 grams of veg on your plate you're gonna know about you'll need a big plate you might even need a separate bowl (laughs) but like that's great (laughs) that's what you're looking for that's kind of the amounts that you need hopefully to kind of get those those micronutrients in so there you go there's something you can do instantly actually am i eating like a serving of veg Mm. 80 grams like if you get 80 grams of spinach out before wilting it down you've got a bowl full (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. not when you've whittled it down then mate you've got then a thimble you, full then you've got yeah so yeah there you go pro tip world down spillage um i want to mention something that i'm quite passionate about in terms of setting yourself up for dieting success especially with my fitness pal especially if you're one of those people like i've just mentioned that really struggles to actually hit that protein goal okay prospectively tracking versus retrospectively tracking okay so Maybe I'm just a bit of a geek. Maybe I just like playing around with it because it's my job. But I know pretty much two days in advance what I'm eating for the next couple of days. That's breakfast, that's lunch, and that's dinner. When I'm dieting, let's say, because it's in my fitness pal already, okay? Not all the meals, definitely the protein, and definitely the meal that is the most important to me and I am non-negotiable about what, what eating it. And that is the evening meal that I eat with my boyfriend and we share together. Okay. So that is planned in first, the evening meal with the meat sauce, with the protein sauce, with the vegetables, with the carbohydrate sauce. So if that is, for example, a spaghetti bolognese with 250 grams of butcher's steak mints, um, 50 grams of spaghetti, half a tin of chopped tomatoes and maybe let's just say some kidney beans. Okay. Half a tin of kidney beans that is planned in first. Okay. Then those calories are accounted for that protein is accounted for. And then I will build my other meals based around what I need to get in and the meal structure that I know I can keep to. So the meal type, whether it's like usually breakfast, lunch, afternoon snack, and then dinner. 
anything once i've hit the protein goals so i try and get protein in every meal so maybe breakfast is a protein yogurt and then some fruit because i'm at the gym if i'm at home maybe it's some eggs and some turkey bacon or an omelet lunch maybe it's a salad a half packet of rice some tuna cottage cheese allow for something in the afternoon maybe it's a shake or a greek yogurt if have or protein bar everything is hit then the protein is hit okay and i know the night before what i'm eating the next day what i need to prep and i know what i'm cooking for dinner any calories left over after that i'm going for the fucking dairy milk you know that gives me freedom people think that using my fitness pal is restrictive it can give you the ultimate food freedom when you're dieting if you plan it correctly if you are doing it on the fly as you go and you know it's been a couple of weeks been three weeks it's been a month and you're really struggling to hit that protein goal okay or you're really struggling to hit your calorie goal oh coach like every every day I just I'm eating I'm two three hundred calories over okay so like how are you setting up your meals what are you planning to eat oh well in the morning I go and get a a protein, a, like um, a porridge pot from the shop. And then I realized I don't, haven't got enough protein. So I have a bar as well. And then for dinner, I like lunch, I had like a BLT sandwich. And then like afternoon snack, I had another couple of pieces of fruit. Oh, that's great. Awesome. And then like in the evening, we had burger and chips, but I only hit like a hundred grams of protein, but my calories are way over. I'm like, but I thought I had enough protein. I'm like, well, you're not setting yourself up for success. Let's, let's have a little bit more thought in here. And once you apply yourself, even just for five minutes at the end of an evening, just to plan in those protein sources to make sure that box is ticked, it's going to give you more calories to play around with. So you can really enjoy the food you love. That is the difference between feeling like you're chasing your tail the whole time with my fitness pal or actually allowing yourself the ultimate food freedom. And this is the thing with dieting. Like I say, it's like robbing a bank, get in, get it done and get out as quickly as you can. When you are dieting, it is really important that you enjoy the foods that you're eating. Not all of those meals you're going to enjoy the hell out of. I don't eat all of my meals rating them a 10 out of 10 on on the food on you know the food enjoyment scale that pear and that protein yogurt I had this morning that I had 10 minutes to eat between clients it wasn't rocking my world but it did the job okay it was convenient I hit my goals it allowed me more freedom at lunchtime and in the afternoons and it allowed me to have that meal that I absolutely enjoy the hell out of in the evening with my boyfriend tonight, which is actually a bit of a picky tea because we're trying to eat out the fridge. But it's, you know, that's the thing that matters. So prioritize what's important throughout the day, plan in your protein around that, and then you know what you've got to play with. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't, I can't really top that round by Don't try. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much <laughs> it. Um, it's a process, right, as well. So like we're talking about, um, you know, for the moment you enter the app, like setting that up, then you get set your goals. And if you've tracked for a couple of weeks and something like protein, which obviously is something that comes up time and time again, but like Rambo said there, like don't go in straight away and start planning things out left, right and center. First of all, you've got to kind of know maybe what you're deficient in and what you're lacking. But once you've got that, so say, I mean, protein is just the classic example. It's something that people struggle to hit. So it won't happen by accident. Therefore, it needs a little bit more planning. So putting it in ahead of time makes complete sense. I'll give you one example. And this is what I 
I do generally, but I definitely do it when I'm trying to diet, sit down with Sarah on a Saturday or a Sunday and we plan out, similar to what Ramba just said, we plan out the main meals from Monday through till Thursday. Yeah. Uh, because we know we're going to be at the house. We know like we can have the food, we're going to get the food delivered on like, like Monday morning. So we know it's all going to be there. And it just, it takes the thinking out of the first four days of the week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, can't be that rigid because maybe we go out, maybe friends are coming over, maybe we, you know, things happen over the weekend. So you have, that's where kind of like the skill and like, maybe you do have to enter things on the fly or you're like, Oh shit, we're going to a different restaurant. I'll have to look that up. But the days that you can control and that you can, you know where you're going to be and you know, you're going to have the food in the fridge. Yeah, just just stick it in ahead of time. And if you do end up with like 200 calories left over, like Rambo said, whether you're whether it's dairy milk or whether it's a beer or whether it's a bag of crisps, you can factor in something that is not particularly nutrient dense, but it's something that you enjoy eating, therefore making the whole dieting process a lot easier. Let's move on. Amen to that. Um, so then if we've talked about the prioritizing the important things, like for example, the evening meal with your partners uh, or if you are the busy mom like Bernie and Zoe in charge of the family and in charge of actually bulk cooking those meals how do you go about putting those meals in my fitness pal then Andy because that can be a real source of stress when you're talking about multiple ingredients and also do you have to get the scales out do you have to weigh everything but then how do you know how much you're having as opposed to how much your husband's having how much you're giving the kids like how the, how the hell do you manage that? Because to be honest, I see BA. <laughs> I, I think, so there's varying degrees of, of accuracy, right? It depends how far, again, you want to you go with it. What I would do personally and what I'd recommend 90% of my clients doing is exactly what Bernie said, which is you add all the, the calories together for the total meal and then you just divide it into portions so if you're if it's just a meal for two then you just chop it down the middle again assuming that your portion sizes are equal because if you've got a child involved that's going to be a smaller a smaller percentage then maybe you kind of again you ballpark it i just don't think i think if you've taken the time to know what the total calories are of everything going into that pot you're good like hmm. you might be like 20 calories out 50 calories out it's no big deal, but it, but it's, it is a good question because like I said, this is kind of what spawned this podcast because people do think, do question it because actually one of the, one thing that we want to encourage as, as coaches and nutritionists, like when people cook from scratch and put together like, um, like traditional home cooked food, you don't want to deter people from doing that. Do you know what I mean? You don't want to put them off. And be like, I'll oh, just get that thing you chuck in a microwave because the calories are on the packs. So that makes it nice and easy. Don't get me wrong. There's a time and a place for that. But if you have those big family meals, like, like the spag bowl or the lasagna, shepherd's pie, these kind of things that are traditionally served out of a dish and you're kind of eyeballing portions. Yeah, just once you've done it once, by the way, once you've weighed the ingredient, if that's like your staple dinner, you, you maybe weigh all the ingredients the first time you do it and then you know, right well a quarter of my shepherd's pie is 731 calories well if you're if you're sticking to that same recipe you only have to weigh it once and then you can mm -hmm. stick it in fitness pal as a saved meal and you're good to go yeah so true and what out of that meal then so say any kind of home cooked meal let's say it is a spag bowl or a shepherd's pie or a chili what out of that meal would you be tracking then would you track every single ingredient yeah i mean me personally i wouldn't 
again this again comes down to how far you want to go down the tracking rabbit hole so for me the big ones would be starchy carbs like hands down you would track those because they're, they're they're probably the ones that have the biggest tendency i'm thinking a spag bowl here to get completely out of control yeah um people yeah, how, I, think, I think that's how, a portion yeah how would you track them then dry weight. i think this is Thank you. Yes. So dry weight. So I could see where I could see where you were going, mate. I've had for this those question. people at the back, dry <laughs> weight. Yeah, it's also a lot easier to do it that way. <laughs> you know but I mean? that goes for any food. So if it's starchy carbohydrates, track it dry before you've cooked it, Mince and track the your meat raw. Anything that you always track it pre-cooked. Okay. When you cook something water is either added or taken away from that product in that cooking process. So the raw figure is the most accurate figure. That is massive, by the way. I, 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 can't, I can't believe I didn't like think of that as something that that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's up there in the kind of top five questions about fitness power and tracking. Do I wait before or after it's cooked yeah. and, and before, because you're more likely to get that. Yeah. That consistency yeah. with it. And, and a lot of the time on the pack, check the pack right because it will say sometimes it will say cooked weight sometimes it will say dry sometimes it will have like an adjusted weight yeah. thing on there for pasta i think does that so it can get like a bit confusing right i can see why people yeah. are like bloody hell this is a minefield but if you set your stall out from day one to be like right everything gets weighed dry or raw fresh then yeah makes life easier um so starchy carbohydrates obviously like raw any raw meats yeah. yeah. And then uh, f like fat sources that you add. So I'm thinking here, like, say if you're making a stir fry up and you're adding some kind of cooking oil in, that would definitely be going in. Yeah. When you start getting into vegetables, right. Um, that's when it gets a little bit sketchier. So I would say like for spinach, for example, I wouldn't bother if it was carrots or like parsnips, sweet corn, they, that I'd probably track those. Exactly. <laughs> depend again that is that is kind of dependent though like if someone's having a massive vegetable dish then definitely yeah rambo because if you're having these like a, again something we encourage having like you know three four servings of veg then it does add up could be like 100 calories could be like 150 additional depending on what what the vegetable is obviously if you're having like spinach that's going to look a lot different from a can of sweet corn do so, you know what jack does that's actually a really good idea and i'd, no, I'd honestly never thought of this before you know when someone says something and you're like that makes sense. You're so smart. <laughs> um, so he sets him, he's tracking at the minute, uses my fitness pal. He knows how the range of calories he needs to eat. And then last night he was like, right, so I've popped it all in and like I've just allowed a hundred calories for all my veg. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a great idea. Just like yeah. allow yourself an extra hundred calories that you don't have to faff around putting in my fitness pal for all your vegetables, as long as you know you're hitting those five to six to seven servings, you know, and then don't worry about it, you know, anything more than that. Yeah, you should be, anything particularly starchy like carrots, parsnips, you know, broccoli, I would argue to track as well. Anything I say that is like cruciferous, I would probably Good track. Good word. Good yeah. word. Yeah. And like definitely when it comes to like beans and pulses, like hundred oh, percent. Yeah. Pe so like pe people sometimes have the misconception that they're kind of like free. Oh, absolutely not. No. So like, so things like sweet corn, peas, kidney beans, chickpeas, anything like that all should be tracked as well. But yeah, like I thought he did, that was such a good idea. Like, yeah, I just allow a hundred calories for veg. And then I know that like that's, I'm still within. I'm like, 
great idea. Anything I specifically wouldn't track, any water-based salad, salad-y kind of vegetables. So things like maybe cucumber, lettuce, salad, like spinach, rocket, gherkins I don't track I have to say that because I eat gherkins out the jar I bloody love them um mushrooms I wouldn't bother um what else like courgettes aubergines as well crazy low calories very very water-based <laughs> and he just vomited I love aubergines you can have so much aubergine for the calories it's I, ridiculous. I, to be fair when I'm dieting I wish I did like, yeah or even mushrooms don't like those yeah. either oh, mushrooms i eat raw they're literally i eat raw mushrooms while i'm cooking dinner i love it mm-hmm. um so yeah anything like that i really wouldn't bother but like that's a good way of doing it as well just allow 100 calories you're like keep 100 calories aside and then you know your veg is hit um sauces i would definitely oh, track s- sauces well. cooking oils Jeez. dressings anything like that like Milks. you know that like people know that just get the- you say that mate you say that um just keep an eye on the time here as well so yeah bulk cooking again if you have bulk cooked add it all in factor it factor out a quarter if you're cooking for four but also be mindful about those like visual cues about portion sizes you know do you really need to be eating as much as your husband who you know metabolically can have a few more hundred calories than you and maybe trains five times a week no you could probably make your portion size a little bit smaller you know like just to have a look at the plate and see how visually it compares um yeah that's always a good one um yeah be honest with yourself Mm, i knew you were coming on to this and be honest with my fitness pal like it's not a game Okay, you're not trying to beat your calorie goal every day, as some people think of it. If it's in there, you can manage it. Okay, what gets measured gets managed. And I say this to all my clients, like, yes, if you're going out for dinner, don't fucking track every morsel. I said this to a client this morning. What's going on this weekend? Oh, we're going to a sushi restaurant and I don't know if I should track it. And my first answer was don't. Like, don't even bother. Sushi, predominantly carbs, make sure your breakfast and lunch are mainly protein based. Don't try and fast yourself. Otherwise, you'll get to lunch and you'll be you'll get to that dinner and you'll be like a kid in a sweet shop. I was like, focus on one lot of sushi rolls, one portion of carbohydrate, avoid the fried food, fill up on the fish and the good stuff. Yeah, easy. But with other things like pizza, like chocolate, like, you know, grabbing a handful of crisps here and there. Those things add up. And if you're not prepared to put them in my fitness pal, you cannot expect just by using my fitness pal and saying that you're tracking your calories to get results. Okay. Just because you're putting all the good stuff in there, it's all the other stuff that counts as well. So it is really important to try and be honest with yourself because if it's in there, it can be managed the next day. Yeah. I think as nutritionists, we do get like the the element of people trying to please us with food diary entries or fitness Massively. power entries. So we have to be aware of that. So it is something that me and Amy probably reiterate a fair amount to clients, but at the end of the day, being honest with it, it, it can be quite hard to look at. I think people do feel a sense of shame sometimes with the food diary, if they've had a bit of a blowout or maybe they're just not eating as well as maybe they thought, but this is the whole point of doing it. So you can be objective 
um, regardless of whether you take it to a nutritionist to look at just for yourself I, I mean i find it interesting if you're if you're happy with what you're doing like crack on but if you want to make a change or i, I think of the, the client that i have in my head when i think about this you know trying like using fitness power and not seeing results because they're not being honest is the frustration oh. the frustration of you actually taking time to track 80 percent maybe of what you're eating but that 20 percent that you're kind of neglecting whether it's consciously or or or, sub, or unconsciously that's what's tripping you up so yeah if you're going to use it especially early on i think if you've never used it before it's quite a it, it's quite revelatory when you first do it i would say for a lot of people if you just haven't thought about how how you eat on a day-to-day basis if you're just kind of going through the motions or you're just eating the way that you've always done you put it in fitness pal and it's yeah it's interesting and and then then it's up then the power is with you if you want to change something well the data's there and if not then you don't have to no one's forcing you yeah for sure um for sure if you do like snacking and not being accountable for it Make sure your snacks are things like celery. (laughs) Just saying. Um, Last couple of points, I think then, mate, really. Like, um, so I would definitely switch off the activity factor uh, with my fitness pal, because sometimes when you start to do your steps and your phone will account for your steps, your steps will actually make that into a calorie value and factor that into your calories for the day so it will often quite often say if you're set to 1600 calories for example and you go for an hour and a half walk it will give you 400 calories on top of those 1600 calories so now my fitness pal will quote unquote allow you to eat 2000 calories and still say that you're in a deficit um that's really inaccurate, just like any kind of data tracker that Andy and I have talked about before. Like it's re- very, very ina- inaccurate way of actually calculating how many, how much energy you're expending. If you then choose to eat those calories on top of the calories that you've allowed yourself, um, it can you you can wonder within a month why you're not getting results um, because there's just no way of actually knowing whether you're in a deficit or not it's one of my bugbears with fitness pal and it's something that i'll i would say it's one of the common this is up there with the most common mistakes that people make it, yeah it's basically syncing up their activity tracker of choice to fitness pal and it all tries to sync together and it, again it looks pretty and it kind of it, it feels intuitively it feels like the right thing to do but if you're trying so especially if you're if the goal is weight loss and you've got a finite amount of calories to play with I would rather just keep activity out of it and just so you so you know exactly when you start adjusting the diet, like what is going on. So trying to get like a consistent intake as opposed to just kind of lurching from, oh, well, I went for a jog that day. So now I'm going to have an extra 600 calories. Like if it's performance, I can, I can see the merits in that. Oh, but, definitely. But yeah, but I would say most people start using Fitness Pal for for like some kind of weight loss slash fat loss slash body recomp so yeah keep it separate um keep maybe keep maybe track the activity in a, in a separate app or, or even just make a note of it yourself yeah. but the food and the calorie the calorie intake just keep that to, to what you set it up as whether that's fitness pals initial guideline or a calculation that you've gone away and worked out yourself or you've been given by your by your coach or nutritionist yeah Definitely. Um, and even when you are factoring in activity levels, I would never do it on a daily basis. I'd take an average over the week. Um, Absolutely. 
absolutely for performance um last thing we've got on our list is uh be careful with your entries be careful with what you're actually picking because a lot of the time you can pick pick an entry to upload into my fitness pal and it will just have a calorie value it won't have like a, a carb a fat or a protein value or because someone else has input into the database. So anyone can input anything into the MyFitnessPal database. So Andy could probably search for Jack and Amy's Korean rice, sticky rice bowl that we had on Tuesday night and choose to put that into his MyFitnessPal if that's what he wanted to eat tonight. So like it is an open, it's like Wikipedia. Think of it that way. Um, Anyone can input anything. So if someone's just quickly gone and entered something into the database with just a calorie value, no macronutrients, that can be quite misleading. Um, And also just check a few little little um check a few of the entries just to make sure that you're on the right lines roughly um or around the right calorie value for what you're inputting um make sure that your weights are correct so you can go in and do 100 grams or one gram and then adjust it from there um and if you're ever in doubt i would always say err on the side of caution and go for the higher calorie value because then if it is lower it doesn't matter because the calories are accounted for. Yeah, that's that's a, a solid piece of advice. I think we, I mean, this kind of comes down to the honesty thing again and, yeah. and being honest with with options. So the one that comes up quite often with clients is when they eat out and you type, I don't know, you go to like your local Indian and you, you know, you 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 might type in gel cigar like poppadoms or chicken madras and it doesn't have anything there so you have to go with like generic indian takeaway uh, chicken madras whatever it is but when you mm. type that in if you type like chicken madras restaurant into into fitness pal it will come up with like hundreds of different options and it is a case of like rambo said it's just going through them and you'll get like one that's like 150 calories one that's a thousand and then a bunch of them that all sit around like five and six hundred and you can kind of be pretty sure okay i'll go for i'll go for that 600 one it's not perfect different restaurants will have different portion sizes different restaurants will have different methods of, of cooking the food but again at least if it's gone in there it's been it's been accounted for and it might not be perfect but it's better than just ignoring it um and you're right about the about the certain foods that just have a calorie value no macros this Mm. isn't for again for weight loss this doesn't matter massively if you're still within that kind of calorie within your calorie range um may i refer you to the previous podcast um but what it does do when you when for me and amy if we're looking at that the weekly graph or that weekly intake and let's say someone's put in um, a chicken dish that's just a calorie amount and it doesn't account for the protein or when we kind of looking over those like day-to-day amounts suddenly like the protein on a wednesday is like on the floor and it hasn't accounted for those 50 grams that you would have been getting. And it stands out like a sore thumb. Whenever I get something that is like a deviation from the norm, then you're like, right, when was that? Oh, that was the 3rd of August. Go back, have a look at it. And you're like, ah, I see what's happened here. And you can actually like, and it will, yeah, it will stand out again over the course of like weeks and months. They don't even matter that much, but it's just, if you start getting little anomalies in the data, it, it can just be highlighted like that. Um, so no, I think the big thing with that again is just is just being if you can't find the exact food or the exact calories, just trying to be trying to be honest with it as much as yeah. you can be. 
And I think as a final point that I'd like to mention, the thing with my fitness pal, if you are tracking your food, it yes, accuracy is important, but it's like with anything, it's like we've talked about with steps before as well. Sometimes the main thing is just actually maintaining the habit. So if you are going out for dinner, tracking can be very useful. Again, don't stress about it too much, but if you're trying to maintain the habit of getting a handle on what you're actually eating, just go and just jot something in and it might actually surprise you and force you to make a different choice next time. Um, so a lot of this is just trying to keep in the habit and keep in the routine of tracking. I'm going away this weekend. I'm going to enjoy the hell out of the foods that I eat, but I'm going to get back in the habit of actually eating within a, a regular framework of calorie requirements that are necessary for me come Monday. Okay. Um, so it's, yeah, the habit and the routine and just getting used to doing it is very, is very useful. And if you do tend to eat the same things Monday to Friday, because that's your, the way your day is set up and your schedule, your week is set, set up, you eat very similar things because of work. Maybe you don't need to track Monday to Friday. Maybe for you, tracking would be more accurate for Saturday and Sunday when it does tend to spiral a little bit more. So take a you know big step back of your own lifestyle assess what's going on and assess where it can actually be useful but when you choose to use it be honest about when uh, those in those moments and how you're using it yeah absolutely and like final thought from me on this one it is it is a tool right we've said this before but my fitness pal is a tool and it's not suitable for everyone and for some it will be more useful than others and i think the reason why i would recommend it i think it i think it could be incredibly educational so i think that for everyone can be useful just you know open your eyes to your own diet essentially if you've never thought about it before i think anyone who's embarking on a change whether it's they're, they're starting a diet or they're maybe changing their training up or they're, they're starting a new uh, embarking on a new type of lifestyle then fitness pal is a really good thing to do early on to kind of get uh, to calibrate and see where your baseline is the people that i would say steer clear of fitness pal or anyone who has got a tendency to become obsessed with data and numbers or if you had a previous eating disorder because again this is why fitness pal weighing yourself every day tracking stuff some people good some people bad like it really is like there, it, it isn't a case of oh this is terrible you should never use it or this is the, a panacea that everyone should be using you have to look at it on a person by person basis and i feel like again me and Rambo probably say a version of this every single podcast um you know it's about the individual, but I do think there's groups of people that, the, that it can be beneficial for. And that's why we've, we've tried to break it down for you today. And I hope it was, yeah, I hope it was useful. Yeah. I hope it was useful as well. Um, if you've got any more questions about anything that we've mentioned, or you want to dive a little bit deeper, head over to Facebook, um, ask to join the, not another fitness podcast, Facebook group and pop a little question in there. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the best place to go for a little bit of advice. If you've got any of your own tips and trip, tri t tips and tricks about my fitness pal, um, yeah, pop them over in the Facebook group as well, and we'll be uh, on it like a car bonnet answering all your questions. Um, yeah, I think that's a good place to end it. That's it, mate. Nicely done. Yeah, nicely done. Um, thank you very much for listening. As always, if you want to get in touch with myself or Andy, like I just said, head over to the Facebook group or our details are in the show notes. 
if you'd like to work with us online for nutrition or come down to Coru Gym in Bishop Stortford and inquire about some PT, get in touch. We don't come as a package. Someone asked this the other day. They actually thought that. So I know you and Andy do the podcast, so I don't mind which of you I work with. Now, we are independent. I mean, there's the option in the future of maybe doing something together. I do love that. That, that did make me chuckle when you told me that. <laughs> it made me laugh as well. It made me laugh. So, um, yeah, we we whilst we adore each other, we are independent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we do our own thing. <laughs> we do our own thing. Um, yeah, cool. That was fun. Thanks, mate. I love talking about MFP anyway. I just think it's interesting. Nice one, mate. It's a pleasure as always. And like I said, yeah, hopefully uh, you guys enjoyed that. Any questions, head over to Facebook. But uh, yeah, that is us. Enjoy the rest of your week. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Smooth ending, mate. Smooth ending. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Not Another Fitness podcast. If you'd like to join our ever-growing community, please log on to Facebook and request to join the Not Another Fitness podcast group. We really do appreciate all the feedback that you take the time to send myself and Andy and you'll find our contact details in the Facebook group. If you want to inquire with either of us about working with us directly, send us a little email. If you have time to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the bottom, give us a five-star rating and jot down your thoughts in a little review. If you're listening via any other podcast provider, please just share it to your socials as it really does help get our little podcast out to more people. 